this Wednesday, August 3rd, MLB betting picks edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Welcome, everyone, to the MLB Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, August the 1st, currently 5.07 on the East Coast, here to break down our betting picks for the Wednesday schedule. And joining me to help me break it all down, you guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast WNBA, NBA, NFL, and of course, you're on MLB at Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, how's it going, my man? Hey, doing pretty well. Uh, looking forward to going through the Wednesday games. I know the trade deadline officially just passed, so we'll see if there's any last-second moves that become official, but it seems like most of the moves are pretty much done. Yeah, we had some moves. Uh, maybe we'll do like a bonus episode uh, tomorrow early in the day, kind of maybe just to recap some of the uh, trades that did go down. Obviously, the biggest one uh, that went down um on the trade deadline day was verlander heading back to the astros and that was rumored to happen um over the past several weeks and finally got it done um as of the trade deadline on tuesday but also joining us here uh you guys know him as the voice of the nba gambling podcast in here on mlb as well it's lante smith lante how you feeling my man yeah man doing pretty good uh got a good card the past few days have been pretty good cards um, as far as matchup was, so looking forward to another one uh, tomorrow. Yeah, some pretty good matchups uh, to start early in the week, and uh, we're kind of getting into that, uh, kind of into that point of the season where it's starting to drag a little bit. But hey, we're still here grinding out winners uh, as we start to wind down the MLB season. Still have, uh, I think, sixty plus games, if I'm not mistaken, a little less than sixty uh, games left for each uh, uh, team in the MLB. But um, yeah. So plenty to be decided in some of these divisions. Um, and again, series do continue on Wednesday and then brand new series starting on Thursday. But gentlemen, um, do have some day baseball tomorrow. That always gets us through the day uh, betting on sports during the day. So let's just kick it off here, guys. Uh, first game on the board, a 1220 Eastern start. The L.A. Angels and the Atlanta Braves are battling it out. I see Lucas Giolito is going to get the start here for the LA Angels. And Yanni Chirinos is going to get the start for the Atlanta Braves. Braves are a minus 155 home favorite, plus 130 on the money line for the LA Angels. Total is set at 10.5. Run line minus 1.5, plus 114 for the Braves, and plus 1.5, minus 135 uh, for the LA Angels. Um, let's see here. That's me. I got you. Yeah, go ahead, Monte. Yeah, so uh, I like Atlanta and, and the over here. Um, uh, the Angels, they've been playing well. Uh, they won the first game of the series. Atlanta had a couple opportunities. I think they had a bases loaded in the bottom of the fourth or fifth maybe um, with one out, and they couldn't really do anything uh, with it. But I'm not sure they leave that many base runners stranded. Um, again, you know, they scored four-plus in 12 of their last 16 home games. Uh, they're 33 and 21 to the over at home. So I think it, I think this sets up for everything Atlanta. I would look at their team total. Uh, also look at the full game over with how uh, the Angels have been hitting the ball. Um, though, I mean, he hasn't pitched over five innings in his last three games. Uh, he was decent against Toronto, but I think, you know, Atlanta's bats will be able to get to him here. 
Um, they're hitting 273 at home versus righties, averaging 6.3 runs per nine. Uh, Chirinos, I mean, he's not going to go deep into the games. He's allowed seven earned in his last two starts. So, so, I mean, if he does get beat up a little bit earlier, that helps our case for the over. Um, I mean, the Angels, they, they hit righties pretty well on the road, 260. Um, so I think we see some runs here. But all in all, I think the better play is going to be Atlanta. I think anytime you see Atlanta under, you know, 180, 175 at home, I think that's a good a good bet to make. Uh, Scott, what do you got? Yeah, for me, I'm going to go with the Angels team total over in this game. I do think, once again, the Braves should be favored, but I really don't trust Chirinos at all because I don't think he's very good. And he has not been good his last two outings, giving up three-plus earned in each of the last two. Not to mention the fact that he was recently acquired by Atlanta, so he might not be that familiar with the actual ballpark, which is a pretty hitter-friendly ballpark, which is not a good combo for a pretty underwhelming pitcher. But I think the Angels can score runs in this game. I know besides Taylor Ward being hurt, this team traded for a lot of reinforcements recently, whether it involved Grishiko Homer yesterday, Crone, who had an RBI single late. We know Otani's still, of course, very good. And you can go down the line. The point is the Angels actually were one of the main buyers at the deadline. And I do think that you're looking at a spot where the where the uh, Angels can uh, generate some runs against a pretty underwhelming pitcher, not to mention the fact that I do think, once again, with the hitters-friendly ballpark nature, you might just get a couple of extra home runs anyway because we know how many home runs are hit in that park. The Braves, once again, should win, but I don't want to lay 155 with Chirinos, so instead I'm just going to go with the Angels team total over in this game. Yeah, I agree. I think that we'll definitely see runs uh, in this game, and Chirinos' first start, uh, for the Braves in Atlanta was, I think it was his last game, but that was a final score of 10 to seven uh, in favor of the Braves, but he still gave up seven uh, to the Brewers in that start. Uh, he went three and two thirds innings, allowed six assists, four and runs, three strikeouts uh, in those games. And um, I think Lante mentioned it, Giolito, despite being respectable in his first start against the uh, Blue Jays as a pitcher for the Angels, um, when he was with the White Sox in the first game with the Angels, the respective team has lost each of those five games uh, when Giolito has started. And again, this time of the year in Atlanta, it's 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 hot. Uh, I think that's an understatement. But looking at temperatures, at least early in the day, it feels like 93, 95 with temperatures around uh, 92. So um, the ball should be flying uh, out of the ballpark. So I do expect to see runs here. Uh, even at 10.5, I do like the over. Uh, all right, guys, before we get over to the next game of the afternoon for the Wednesday schedule, let me tell everyone about the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon page. Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon is perfect for the diehard DGen. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first place prize, plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast and an ad-free uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being DGENs. There's even a Discord channel just for patrons. The Sports Gambling Podcast has and always will give out all their picks for free. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. Get all the details over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. All right, gentlemen, next game on the board. It's going to be a 1235 Eastern start. We have the Detroit Tigers. Uh, They are in Pittsburgh to take on the Pirates. Seeing Eduardo Rodriguez, who uh, right before we uh, got on the pod, uh, blocked a trade 
to the L.A. Dodgers and wanted to stay in Detroit, or at least with uh, the Tigers. That is he a is, bold move. Is, is he an idiot? What, what the hell That's is wrong with him? a bold move. Is he an idiot? Hey, man, he's a former Red Sox, and uh, they hate the Dodgers, so maybe that, I don't know. I'm just, he I'm wants to stay in Detroit. He's the only person never, who yeah, has ever wanted to stay in Detroit. I've never heard of anybody choosing Detroit over Los Angeles. Never in my life. Uh, yeah, me neither, man. I mean, man, maybe there's something there. Maybe he just doesn't like the Dodgers. I don't, I don't know what it is, but yeah, that was. I think that was a head scratcher for every baseball fan that um, saw that trade get blocked uh, by uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. And I think when I was reading for his contract, uh, he had ten teams that he has a no trade clause to. For whatever reason, the Dodgers are on that ten team list. So, uh, yeah, but he does get to start for the Tigers tomorrow. I see. Uh, uh, Bido Bido uh, is getting the start for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Looking at the lines for this game, the Tigers are a minus 135 road favorite here, plus 115 on the money line for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Total is set at eight run line, minus one and a half, plus 124 for the Tigers, and plus one and a half, minus 148 uh, for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Scott, what do we got for this game? I'm going to go with the Tigers on the money line. I think 135 is too low. Pittsburgh has been a bad team for a while now. I'm not saying that Detroit's much better because they basically have the exact same record. Uh, But perception-wise, Detroit is viewed a bit higher because their division is so bad. They're still in theory in the hunt, while Pittsburgh's been dead for months. But I think that Rodriguez has simply put the much better pitcher. And I do think that you're looking at Bido, who's okay, but I'm going to go with Detroit in this one. I do think that the Tigers have – I want. I just, once again, think that this team is a little bit better than Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has a lot of injuries. I thought they would trade off more players over the last day, but they did not. But anyway, I do think, once again, with them trading Carlos Santana, I'm still not sold in this overall lineup. They did win a series over the weekend against the Phillies. But I do think Detroit, with Rodriguez, should get out to a decent lead. And I do think they'll do enough in order to win. Should be an ugly game. But 135 with Rodriguez on the mound against Bido, I think it's just too low of a number. I think it should be closer to like 145, 150. So I'll take it now because I do expect this line to move before game time. Yeah, Pittsburgh has really been struggling against left-handed pitching over the last two weeks. Uh, Just to put into context, uh, team batting average against left-handed pitching, 151 uh, plate appearances. They're batting 216 which ranks number 25 in the entire league on base percentage is at, uh, let's see here, number 20. Slugging percentage against left-handed pitching in that span, they are number 27. Uh, OPS, they are number 27 as well. And then WRC Plus uh, against left-handed pitching over the last two weeks, number 26. So, yeah, uh, I'm with you on the Tigers here as well. Here, Lante, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going to lean the other way, um, not because of those comments, but uh, I think Pittsburgh at home, they've they've won six of the last 10. Bido's been, I guess he's been fine. Uh, I'm not really worried about him struggling against a Detroit lineup. That's They're hitting 210 on the road versus righties, 226 versus righties on the season. So I'm not too worried about that lineup getting to him. Uh, Rodriguez obviously is the better pitcher, um, no, like undoubtedly. Uh, in their last matchup, he did allow four earned runs in, in five innings of, of work. So, you know, Pittsburgh's bats, they they could have some familiarity there. Uh, just a lean for me, though. It's nothing I'm going to bet personally, but I'll just lean to the home dog. All right. Uh, let's get over to the next game on the board. We have a 105 Eastern start. The Milwaukee Brewers, they are in the nation's capital to take on the Nationals. Wade Miley gets the start here for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, and Mackenzie Gore is going to get the start here for the Nationals. Minus 125 for the Brewers on the money line and plus 105 for the Washington Nationals. 
Total is set at nine, a little bit of victory towards the under at minus 112. Run line minus one and a half, plus 124 for the Milwaukee Brewers and plus one and a half, minus 148 uh, for the Washington Nationals. Uh, Wade Miley has been uh, pretty solid for the Brewers over his last five games. Uh, he is 6-2 and two on the season with a 3.06 ERA, but last five starts, uh, 3-0 and oh with a 2.08 ERA. He's allowed uh, just six earned runs in 26 innings pitch over that span, and on the road so far this season, 2-1 and one with a 2.73 ERA. He's coming off a solid outing against the Cincinnati Reds. Six shutout innings, only allowed four hits in that span. And over his last five starts, he's only allowed uh, more than two earned runs in one of those starts, which was against uh, the Chicago Cubs, who do pretty well against left-handed pitching. Uh, on the other side, like I mentioned, Mackenzie Gore gets a start for the uh, Washington Nationals. On the season, 6-7 and seven with a 4.42 ERA. Has struggled over his last five games. With, he does have a winning record with 2-1, and one, but um, his ERA is at 6.64. Um, at Nationals Park, two and four with a 4.04 ERA. His last start was against the Mets. Five innings uh, in that game. He allowed three earned runs, four walks um, in that span as well. Walks have been an issue for Mackenzie Gore. He's allowed at least two walks in four of his last five starts. The Nationals have uh, lost, in fact, three of his last five starts as well. Um, looking at the standings early in Washington, for whatever reason, has struggled at home this season. Uh, where they have a record of 21 and 33, and they are 24 and 29 at home. Um, I'm going to go with the Brewers here, guys. Uh, Wade Miley's in great form right now. Uh, Milwaukee, again, is in that race uh, for the division uh, in the NL Central. Currently, they are sitting uh, just one and a half games back of the Cincinnati Reds. Um, I like the better pitcher in form here. And the Brewers have been doing pretty well against left-handed pitching as well over the last two weeks. Um, number seven in WRC plus batting average, uh, number six against left-handed pitching uh, on base percentage, number seven. So a lot of the statistical categories for the offense uh, against left-handed pitching over the last two weeks uh, is within the top 10. So I feel like this uh, price is cheap, minus 125 on the money line for the Brewers here, Lante. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Brewers also, but I like the over a little bit more. Uh, you mentioned the success that they've been having hitting lefties. Uh, Washington's had some good success, 270 versus lefties, uh, 277 at home uh, in, in the most recent form. Both teams are hitting around 250 in their last 10. Milwaukee, four runs per nine. Washington, 5.6 runs per nine. So I think we can see some runs here. I know Miley is uh, he's coming off the elbow injury. So, I mean – He's probably going to be effective. I mean, I just don't know how effective. And he hasn't pitched since July 9th, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I mean, I just like both offenses to to keep it going here. Despite the four-game losing streak, Milwaukee's score five-plus in three of the last five, um, Washington five-plus in two of the last three. So even if even if Miley's good, I think once that once the bullpen gets involved, I think Washington can still have some success. And Gore's been inconsistent. He's been good, but he's been inconsistent. He's allowing a solid amount of contact. Um, this month, and I mean that's just one of his next. That was one of his next coming out of high school. He just allowed a lot of contact. So I'll take uh, Milwaukee, but I love the over in this game. I'm going to take Milwaukee. I think 125 is an insane number for the much better team. Uh, I will acknowledge the Nationals have been playing a little bit better lately offensively, but Miley has been pretty good for the most part, and Gore has been. Fine in terms of recent win-loss record, but as you said before, he kind of gives up three earned basically every start minimum, and Milwaukee does a pretty good job of actually making contact. They also got Carlos Santana, so they didn't. They ended up once again picking up some reinforcements, called up some of the younger guys who have contributed a bit more in the lineup. Mm -hmm. But simply put, 
I don't think the Nationals are a good team, and the Brewers are still fighting for a first-place spot in the NL Central. I'm going to go with Miley here at minus 125. I think this line should be a bit higher, probably closer to 140 or maybe a bit more. You can make an argument once again that even if you think the starters are a bit of a wash, which I disagree with, but let's just say that they are for a second. We know Milwaukee's got the much better bullpen. So if you have a chance to have a close game with Washington's bullpen against you know, everyone that Milwaukee has, I'll take my chances with Milwaukee. So I'll take the Brewers at minus 125. I also think that the uh, Brewers picked up Andrew Chafin at the trade deadline today as well to add to their bullpen. So um, double check. I'm not, a, I'm not a big Chafin guy, but at least they're trying to do something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he got traded earlier today to the Brewers. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just gives them an extra arm in the bullpen. Yeah. But feels like a, definitely a cheaper price on um, the Brewers for this matchup against the Nationals. Um, all right, guys, before we continue the conversation here, let me tell everyone about Underdog Fantasy. The NFL season is right around the corner, and Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props, and they're available in a ton of markets, plus plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contest. And, of course, make sure to enter Best Ball Mania 4, where first place gets $3 million. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. And make sure to use that promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com using promo code SGPN. All right, gentlemen, next game on the board, uh, we have a – oh, let me get back to the schedule here. Um, let's see. Uh, 210 Eastern start. Uh, this is one of the games that does not have a pitcher. It's the Cleveland Guardians – and the Houston Astros. I see Tyner Bybee is going to get the start for the Guardians, but uh, Astros don't have a pitcher listed yet. And again, there's no lines on this game either. Um, Lonta, you see anything different? No, nah, uh, it's been it's been pretty much just one pitcher on the board all, all day. So, yeah, nothing okay. much here. All right, we'll just skip over this game then. Again, with no lines, there's no reason for us to uh, dig into it and no pitcher for the Astros either. So, uh, we'll move over to the next game uh, for the afternoon. This is going to be a 310 Eastern start. We have the San Diego Padres. They are in the Mile High City to take on the Colorado Rockies. Joe Musgrove gets a start here for the uh, San Diego Padres. And Kyle Freeland is getting the start here for the Colorado Rockies. Um, lines for this game, I'm seeing the Padres are a minus 218 road favorite. Plus 180 on the money line for the home uh, underdog Colorado Rockies. Total is set at 12 and a half with heavy Vic towards the under of minus 125. Run line minus one and a half, minus 148 for the Padres. And plus one and a half, plus 124 on the run line for the Colorado Rockies. Um, Joe Musgrove is, uh, well, let me start with, um, let me start with Kyle Freeland here. <sighs> It's really hard to handicap Kyle Freeland. I know he's been a fade material over the past several seasons for the uh, Colorado Rockies. And on the season, 4-10 and with a 4.79 ERA. Has been even worse over his last five games. 0-2 with a 5.74 ERA. He's allowed 17 earned runs and 26 and two-thirds innings pitched. And the Rockies have lost three straight starts started by Kyle Freeland. Combined in those games, they scored a total of six runs. Five of those six runs came in one start. And his last start, which was against the Oakland A's. Uh, Joe Musgrove has been in great form uh, for the Padres over the course of the season, where he does possess a 10 and three record with a 3.05 ERA. And over his last five games, four and one with a 1.45 ERA. And on the road, he is four and two with a 3.07 ERA. His last start 
against a really good offense was the Texas Rangers race shut them out over six innings and they did get the victory there. Um, and the Padres have won four of his last five starts. Um, and all four of those wins have come by at least two earned runs. Um, in his career, though, against the Rockies, Joe Musgrove's ha- Joe Musgrove has struggled. His last two starts at the end of the last year, he allowed a total of 11 earned runs in just nine and two-thirds innings pitched against this uh, Colorado Rockies team. Uh, one was in Colorado, and one was at home in San Diego against this Rockies team. I did see a note on Twitter, uh, or X, I should say, um, that I think the Padres have lost, I want to say, seven or eight straight games where they've been a favorite of minus, I think it's either minus 160 or higher or minus 180, whatever the number was. But, yeah. Yes, that's um, crazy. I saw it too. But, but yeah, yesterday was included. So Yeah, yeah included they're, yesterday. They're 0-10 in, um, in extra inning games. Yep. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think... Obviously, you have Joe Musgrove. That's a better pitcher here, but I think the only way you will look at this is on the on the run line here. But even at a minus one forty eight price, I don't think I can get behind the Padres on that. I'll lean with the home underdog here. I just think this Padres team is done for. I'm surprised Juan Soto wasn't traded at the trade deadline uh, by the Padres. Um, not going to be betting this game. Gun to my head. For whatever reason, the Padres just do struggle as a heavy favorite, like they are in this game of a north of a two dollar favorite. I'll take. I'll roll the dice here with the Colorado Rockies plus one eighty. And I didn't mention this. Kyle Freeland had an absolutely gem of a start um, in two st- or two starts this season against the Padres. He's pitched eleven innings in those two games, allowed nine hits and only one earned run in those two starts against the Padres this season. So I'll roll the dice here. Give me the Rockies plus one eighty here, uh, Scott. I think I'm going to agree with you. I was going to make a case for the Padres, but with the actual price, I don't see any value on it. Yeah, I actually watched a decent amount of that game in the later innings because I was sweating out a player prop in it. So I saw the Padres strand the bases loaded, no outs in the 10th inning. Then I saw Machado drop the ball on the sack bunt throw to third base where he was out by 10 feet and he dropped the ball and they lost the game anyway. Yeah, that kind of sums up the Padres season. They're 0-10 in extras. They're just a bad overall baseball team. And like the Yankees, they did basically nothing at the trade deadline. They made one or two more moves than the Yankees because the Yankees actually did nothing the entire time. But the point is the Padres were supposed to blow it up. Yesterday was a perfect game that kind of was a, a just a sign to blow it up, and they kept the band together. So they've been underachieving all season long. I don't see that changing. The problem with the Rockies, though, is they don't really have anybody that's worth a damn, if you want to <laughs> be honest here. Uh, McMahon, I know, was decent yesterday. Tovar has been okay lately. They don't really have many quality guys, but you're looking at the bullpen not great either. Lawrence did pitch a lot. I know he blew the save yesterday, but still. They traded away Brad Hans. They have one less lefty in the lineup, but I think he went to Atlanta. But anyway, the point is, yeah. I, I'm going to lean to Colorado. There's really no good reason to take it based on paper, but if it was based on paper, the Padres would be probably 15 games over 500. They're just a bad team. So I'll go with yeah. the Rockies to find a way to get it done. I don't know how they're going to do it, Padres might strand the bases loaded six times, but I'll go with the Rockies to get it done. Lante. Yeah, it's pretty simple for me. I don't want anything to do with uh, with San Diego. I would probably, if I had to bet it, I would be on the side of you guys. Maybe look at a first five, um, maybe get, get to them early. Uh, maybe Freeland has it going. But again, I, I don't want to bet a side. I'd probably lean to the Padres team total, four-plus runs in three of the last five Um you know, Freeland, he, you mentioned that good start he had. 
and, and the two starts he had against him. But recently, I mean, seven plus hits in five of his last six games. In those five games, he's allowed 20, 23 um, earned runs. So it can get away from him. Uh, I'll lean to them in the first five, hoping that he can you know keep it together. But if I had to make a bet, I bet the San Diego team total over. All right. Uh, next game on the board, we have a 4-10 Eastern start. Uh, the Boston Red Sox, they are in Seattle to take on the Mariners. Cutter Crawford gets a start here for the Boston Red Sox. And I see Logan Gilbert is going to get the start here for the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Mariners are a minus 130 home favorite, plus 110 on the money line for the Boston Red Sox. Total set at eight with a little bit of big towards the under at minus 120. Uh, run line for the Mariners, minus one and a half, plus 160, and plus one and a half, minus 192 for the Boston Red Sox here, Scott. I'm going to go with Seattle in this one. Uh, I know Crawford was pretty good last outing against the Giants, but I still think that Gilbert is the better starting pitcher. And I've had a pretty decent read on the Red Sox this season. And even though I do acknowledge they're fighting for a playoff spot, they were so hot for so long that I was kind of waiting for them to cool off. And it seems like they're in the process of cooling off based on how the Giants series went. A couple of heartbreaker, heartbreaking losses there. Had the loss yesterday because the bullpen fell apart. But I think looking at the Red Sox based on current form, it does seem like a team that's been kind of up and down all year is in the, about to be on the verge of another downswing. Gilbert's been very good in most of his last couple outings, and the, the Mariners have been very good in his in the last couple starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle has won each of his last five. Uh, to go through his actual runs allowed, he's allowed less than three earned in four of his last five. So I'm going to go with Gilbert as the better starting pitcher. Seattle actually been playing a little bit better lately. So I do think, once again, you're looking at a spot where Seattle might be a bit undervalued, in my opinion. Uh, but I think the Red Sox, once again, I understand why they're underdogs in the spot. But I do think Seattle could arguably be bigger favorites, and it wouldn't totally shock me here. The only concern would be for Seattle right now. I don't know who their closer is mm-hmm. because they traded Seawald away. So I'm kind of curious what they're going to do now at the back end of the bullpen. But I do think Seattle's in better form. And I think the Red Sox are going to slump for the next couple of days. So give me the Mariners to get it done. Monte. Yeah, I agree that Seattle's playing um, much better. I think Boston is going to get it going here again. So I'm, I'm going the other way. Um, they hit a wall a little bit, like Scott mentioned, uh, but they easily could have won those three games. I lost two of them by one that, run. That, that's the tough part. I feel yeah. like there was a couple of winnable games that might linger. Yeah. That's a bitter taste. Right, yeah. And I think Gilbert, he's been getting hit pretty frequently, seven-plus hits in, in his last three starts. Uh, Boston Bats, they could wake up here and, and get going. I mean, Crawford's been really good on the road. Uh, I had to double-take his stats. I mean, two earned runs in 10 of his 11 road starts, two earned runs allowed or less. In ten of his last eleven road starts, yeah, he's allowed three earned and um, in his last three combined road starts. So, I mean, he's been pretty good. And I don't think Seattle's offense. I mean, I know they're playing well right now, but I'm not really a believer in their offense long term. So I think he could have some success here. So uh, I like the road dog here. Give me Boston. Yeah, I did like the under in this game uh, for everything that you just mentioned there, Lante, with uh, the form that these both these pitchers are in, in Cutter Crawford and Logan Gilbert. Um, you know, Scott mentioned that the Red Sox offense has cooled off a little bit as well. I think that kind of continues in this series against the Mariners. Mariners, you know, they are playing better baseball. Uh, and Gilbert, um, at least over the last five games, has been better uh, for the Mariners. But overall, he has struggled at home this season uh, with a 2-4 and four record with a 4.67 ERA. But the recent form is what we're looking at here. And again, he's been a lot better uh, than the overall season numbers are, are telling us. So... Under eight was my favorite play in this game between the uh, Red Sox and the Mariners. 
Uh, next game on the board, gentlemen, we have a 640 Eastern start. We have the Philadelphia Phillies uh, against the Miami Marlins. Zach Wheeler gets a start here for the Philadelphia Phillies. And Braxton Garrett gets a start here for the Miami uh, Marlins. Looking at the lines for this game, the Phillies are a minus 130 road favorite, plus 110 on the money line for the Marlins. Seven and a half is a total with a little bit of big towards the under at minus 120. Run line, minus one and a half, plus 136 for the Phillies, and plus one and a half, minus 162 uh, for the home team, the Miami Marlins. Uh, Scott, what do you got for this game? So both pitchers were actually pretty good on on Friday. Wheeler was incredible. He shut down Pittsburgh. He struck out, I think it was 12 guys in six and two-thirds, and then the rain got in the way. He might have actually had a potential shot at a complete game there. But mm-hmm. the point is he was great last start. Garrett was good uh, against the Tigers, then the bullpen blew the game, and then the Marlins won it anyway. But Garrett has really not been great uh, for the last couple of uh, weeks at this point. He had one good start against the Tigers last time out, which once again doesn't really mean much to me. But I think based on the overall pitching advantage, I am going to link to Philly. I am going to point out that this team is not in great form. I'm aware of that. But mm-hmm. I do think when you're looking at the starting pitchers, Wheeler's the better arm. I don't think it's very close. Uh, but I do think when you're looking at the talent as well, Philly's the more talented team. I think they'll find a way to get it done. Miami got out to an early lead in the first game of the series on Wednesday. I think they were up 2 nothing in the first inning. Then Philly came back. Miami didn't score in the final eight innings, and that's kind of the concern I still have with this team. I'm not sold in their offense, and I think that's going to be a problem against Wheeler. So I'm going to go with the Phillies at minus 130. Of course, I was on the Marlins in that game. Yes, I have been one of those teams that it's just been hard to figure out, um, especially like on the, over the last couple months. Um, you know, there's games where I think Lonte agrees that when I bet on them, the offense does absolutely nothing. And then the games where I don't bet on them or bet against them, the offense decides to show up. So they've been kind of unpredictable, uh, at least for me, this thus far this uh, season. But um, yeah, Zach Wheeler, like you mentioned, has been in great form here. And Brex and Garrett coming off a good start against the Tigers. But against the Tigers are a team that struggle against left-handed pitching. That's why he had success in that game. Uh, but Braxton Garrett against the Phillies earlier this season, he did get the victory, but he did allow three earned runs in five innings pitch, and he's allowed at least three earned runs in four of his last five starts. Uh, prior to the Detroit Tigers start, he had allowed 10 earned runs in just seven and two-thirds innings pitch against the Rockies and the Baltimore Orioles. So, um, yeah, I agree with you, Scott. I do like the Phillies on the money line here. I think Zach Wheeler uh, will be able to uh, find some success against this Marlins team. And again, I just don't know which offense is going to show up for this um, Marlins team. Hopefully the Phillies do provide some run support to Zach Wheeler because over his last two starts, he's pitched really well for them, but he's only gotten a total of two uh, runs of uh, support. And the, both of those runs were against the Pittsburgh pirates. Uh, and then in that start against the guardians uh, where it was a one nothing victory for the Guardians. Uh, no run support there, obviously. So, but I like the Phillies here minus one thirty against the Marlins here, Lante. Yeah, I'll lean to the Phillies. Also, I, I think I'm going to like the under a, a little bit more. Um, Philadelphia fifty four percent to the under on the road and fifty six percent to the under on the season. Uh, Miami's under in six of the last ten. We both of you guys spoke on their inconsistencies offensively. Um, the fifty six percent to the under at home this year. And uh, I mean, you went over Wheeler's stuff. I mean, two earned runs combined on on uh, eight hits in his last two starts. He pitched solid against the Marlins in his last two meetings, uh, four earned runs combined in both of those starts. And uh, while Garrett, he has his issues with contact. He performed pretty well against, um, against the Phillies in their last meeting, three earned runs and five innings. So not too bad. So I think both teams, uh, both pitchers are going to be in good form here. So I like the under. 
All right. Uh, next game on the board, we have a 7.05 Eastern start, probably the pitching matchup of the night. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. Uh, in this game, we have the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees. Shane McClanahan gets start here for the Tampa Bay Rays, and Garrett Cole is going to get the start here for the New York Yankees. Uh, the lines for this game, I've seen the Yankees favored uh, slightly, minus 115 on the money line, minus 105 for the Tampa Bay Rays. Total is set at eight in this game with big towards the under at minus 115. Run line minus one and a half, plus 170 for the New York Yankees, and plus one and a half, minus 205 for the Tampa Bay uh, Rays here. Uh, Lante, lead us off. Yeah, so I think Scott could, would probably agree with me. The only time to bet the Yankees, or if you want to bet them, is when Cole's on the mound. Because outside of that, it's really nothing more to like about them. Um, Judge should be back in the lineup. I'm not sure what the what they're doing with him. Uh, I mean, he's like out for a game, and he's back in, and he's out. I have no idea. You got, you know, uh, Herman coming in saying he can't pitch, and then he comes in in relief. So th- I don't know what the hell they're doing, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you. I'm I'm gonna take a shot on him. I guess I would lean that way. I mean, I do play better at home, 32 and 25. Um, they're a different team with Judge in the lineup. If, if in fact he is in the lineup, um, they the only thing that like has me a pause or it has me on a lean and not a like is they don't hit lefties really well. So you know that's a bit of a concern. Um, we can see a low scoring type of game here with both aces on the mound. McClanahan has allowed you know eight combined and eight combined earned runs in his last two starts. Uh, he's been a bit up and down to end July versus being, you know, dominant in the previous few months. Um, he went four and allowed four in his previous matchup against the Yankees, allowed two home runs. So, you know, the Yankees have had some success against them, but again, I don't, I don't think lightning can strike twice uh, in the same spot. Uh, Cole hasn't had a bad start since May. Um, I, he's been in really good form. Uh, he shut down some solid offenses in that process. Only three earned runs combined in his last three starts, 10 plus Ks in two of the last three. I'm going to roll with Cole here. Uh, he threw a gym versus Tampa Bay uh, in their last matchup, two earned on on five hits. So I'm going to roll with them. I'm not going to lie. I don't love it. But if I had to make a play, I'd lean that way. You mentioned that um, the time you do want to bet on the Yankees is when Garrett Cole's on the mound. I'll take that a step further. You probably want to bet on him uh, when he's at home pitching in Yankee Stadium as well because in 13 starts at home this season, uh, the Yankees are 12 and one straight up in those games. Um, I'm sorry, in 14 starts, um, the Yankees are 13 and one, no, 12 and one. The math's not uh, right there on these websites I'm looking at, but um, but nonetheless, again, Cole at Yankee Stadium this season has been absolutely fantastic on the run line as well. Seven and four uh, are the uh, Yankees on the minus one and a half and the plus one and a half. They're two and oh, so. Anytime Cole is on the mound um, at home, I'm looking to back him. You mentioned Shane McClanahan. He has struggled over his last five games. He has a 6.65 ERA. He's allowed at least three earned runs in three of his last five starts. And again, like you mentioned, um, his last start against the Astros, he did allow three earned runs. Um, uh, but the uh, the Rays did get the victory there, uh, four to three. But prior to that, uh, they had lost throughout the last four starts when McClanahan was on the mound for the Rays. And um, Lante, you mentioned as well earlier this season against the Yankees, uh, um, the Yankees were able to get to him for four earned runs. He allowed five hits to the Yankees. Two of those five hits were home runs uh, by the New York Yankees in that span. So I'm, I like the Yankees here as well. Minus 115. Uh, let's see if uh, Scott here can change our minds. I'm going with Tampa. 
I'm not really going <laughs> to even consider taking the Yankees. Even though Cole's pitched well this season, he's 9-2. and two. He's made 22 starts, so he mostly gets no decisions, uh, which sounds about right because he never gets any run support, which is yeah. really the problem that I run into for the Yankees here. They did nothing at the deadline. The offense has fallen apart. They've been striking out regularly for the last couple of games, and now they're facing off against McClanahan. I know McClanahan has not been great lately, but my concern here with Cole is the fact that he's going to pitch well, probably six innings, two runs. McClanahan's going to match him, and the Yankees can't score. So I, I just think eventually the Rays are going to win an ugly game. I'm going to lean to the under. I see a 3-2 type game. Uh, I want to pull up Cole's numbers, though, against Tampa Bay uh, for his entire career because I believe Tampa's actually done pretty well against him. Uh, let me just quickly see what I can get. Yeah, so Cole in his career is 2-7 and seven in mm. the win-loss record against uh, uh, Tampa. 3.79 ERA, which isn't awful. But in yeah. 17 starts, he's 2-7 and seven decision-wise, which once again tells me, A, he's not getting many decisions. B, he's getting no run support when he does get decisions. Yeah. I don't see them scoring for him. Like I'm not going to pick a team that can't score. So I'm going to go with McClanahan to get back into form. It's mostly going to fade Cole. I think he'll pitch pretty well, but I do think, once again, the bullpen's been a bit iffy lately, and that's a bit of a concern. But Cole, win, his win-loss record against Tampa isn't very good, and I think Tampa's in better form. The Yankees, by not making any moves – might have kind of spoke volumes there by suggesting that they think either this team's good enough or it's a lost cause. They'll do it during the offseason. But this core is not good enough. Tampa's the better team. And I think that, once again, they should be able to find a way to sneak a win past the Yankees and Cole. I'm going to go with Tampa. All right. Next game on the board, the second uh, AL East battle between the Baltimore Orioles and the Toronto Blue Jays. It's going to be a 7.07 Eastern start. Grayson Rodriguez takes the mound for the Baltimore Orioles, and UC Kikuchi is on the mound for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, looking at the lines for this game, the Blue Jays are a home favorite of minus 120 on the money line, uh, even money on the money line for the Baltimore Orioles. Total is set at 9 with a big towards the under at minus 120 run line, minus 1.5 plus 160 for the Toronto Blue Jays. And plus one and a half, minus 192 for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez, since he had returned from the IL, um, or I think when he, there he got, I'm sorry, he got sent down, he came back up and he did uh, struggle mightily, but he's been pretty good over his last two starts. And they were both against AL East opponents in the New York Yankees and the Toronto, uh, sorry, the uh, Tampa Bay uh, Rays. In those two starts, 11 and two-thirds innings, he allowed six hits and just two earned runs. He shut out the Yankees in his last start, and that just kind of makes uh, Scott's point where if Grayson Rodriguez is shutting you out, you have a, a bigger problems uh, with your uh, offense. But It wasn't even close. They lost that game one nothing. They didn't do yeah. anything the entire game. <laughs> um, but prior to that, he had gone up against the Dodgers. He had out four earned runs in the uh, Texas Rangers, you allowed nine earned runs. I mean, he's faced at least four of his last five starts. So he's he's faced above average offenses in the Rays, the Dodgers, the um, Rangers, and the Blue Jays. Um, and then on the other side, you do have Kikuchi, who, who has been pretty good for the uh, Toronto Blue Jays thus far this season. Looking at his numbers on the season overall, eight and three with a three point seven nine ERA at home in Toronto. Uh, he is four and two with a three point six nine ERA. Did face the Orioles earlier this season, uh, twice actually, where he's allowed at, uh, allowed five earned runs in nine and one thirds innings pitched uh, against the Baltimore Orioles. The Blue Jays have won three out of his last four starts, which was against the Dodgers, the Mariners, the D-backs, and the White Sox. 
Um, and over his last three starts, he'd been really solid. He's only allowed two earned runs, and let's see here, 15 innings, 16 innings pitched. Um, looking at the left-handed batting numbers for the Baltimore Orioles, at least over the last two weeks, um, they're right around league average at number 14 in most of those statistical categories. They dip down to about 15 in some of those categories as well. But um, I'm going to go with the Blue Jays here. I know they may be missing Bo Bichette. Uh, they got some good news as far as his knee injury that he did suffer in the Monday night game. Uh, it's it's nothing serious. It's just inflammation. They have him day to day. So good news for the Toronto Blue Jays there. But um, I'll go with the Blue Jays here. I'll trust Kikuchi at home against his Orioles team. So I'll take the ball. Sorry, the Blue Jays minus 120 on the money line here, Scott. I'm really on the fence here because I recognize that Kikuchi has been in great form recently. Uh, but with Bichette out of the lineup, I'm curious how many batters I actually like on Toronto. Uh, I got to just read off the numbers. I mean, Bichette's batting 321, which I believe is a lead in the American League. He's 352 yeah. on base. He has the highest slugging on the team by a decent margin. He has the highest OPS in the team by a decent margin. He's their best hitter by a country mile. And you could argue that Chapman has been pretty solid as well. I think Vlad's been underwhelming. I know that he's got a, t- a team high 66 RBIs, but I thought Vlad would have a better year, and he has not. So. I'm not sure if I fully trust the rest of this overall lineup. And uh, the Orioles have good numbers against Kikuchi. So this is really a tricky spot for me here. I think I'm just going to trust the better team. I don't know how Rodriguez is going to fare, but I think he'll do better than people anticipate since Bichette's out. I'm going to lean to Baltimore. I just have more faith in this team. They find ways to win. And once again, they're in first place in division while Toronto's fighting for a playoff spot. Bichette's injury even though it's only going to be a short-term thing, I think can have drastic repercussions towards the lineup. And we saw yesterday they didn't really do anything once Bichette got hurt. So yeah. I'm going to go with Baltimore. I like him in plus money. Uh, Lante, what do you got? Yeah, man. So just when you just when you start to you know buy into Toronto, they lose two straight. Offense looks bad. Uh, they were stuck on one run for the majority of the game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sadly, I'm sick, so I'm going to go right back with him. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take him. Rodriguez is 24 earned runs in his last six starts, only allowed two earned uh, in the last matchup. But he did get hit pretty hard in that game. Um, but shit, like Scott mentioned, him being out of the lineup, especially at the top, it kind of hurts how um, how well they get pitched to. Uh, Kikuchi is a bit on at home, fade on the road. Uh, two earned runs are less than four of the last five home starts. Two earned runs combined in his last three starts. Two of those were on the road. I'll lay it here with Toronto. I'm not going to lie to you. It it scares me. But, again, I think they can get it going here at home uh, against Rodriguez. All right. Next game on the board, it's going to be a 745 Eastern start. The Minnesota Twins and the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, Joe Ryan is getting the start for the Twins, but I do not see a pitcher yet for the Cardinals. uh, And no lines yet. Lante, anything different? Nope. I don't see anything either. Okay, uh, then we'll just move past this game. And then the next game, I believe there's no pitcher either. Uh, that will be the Chicago White Sox and the Texas Rangers. Dylan Cease, I am seeing getting the start here. And uh, Lonto, you mentioned you think John Gray's getting the start here for the Rangers? I saw him listed earlier, and then he got took down. And then I saw him listed again on a couple of, a couple of sites. But I'm not 100% sure. Um, but he has been consistently you know, on the, the docket to pitch, like as the probable pitchers. But again, you never know with some of the stuff that they have going on. I don't know what they're going to do. So, 
it's kind of hard to do. All right, uh, we'll move past those two games and without uh, uh, with undecided pitchers at least. So, uh, NL East battle, sorry, NL Central battle, I should say. Eight oh five start for the Cincinnati Reds and the Chicago Cubbies. Brandon Williamson is getting the start here for the Cincinnati Reds, and Drew Smiley gets the start here for the Chicago Cubs. Looking at the lines for this game, I am seeing the Cubs are a minus one forty. Home favorite here, plus 120 on the money line for the Cincinnati Reds. No door yet, obviously, because the game is in Chicago. Waiting for the win direction in this game. I saw um, a nine and a half. You just see a nine and a half? Yeah, I saw a okay. nine and a half. All right, so let's go with nine and a half on the total here, and I'll, I'll try to check the win report uh, while Alante leads us off for this game. Yeah, sure, man. I, I love the total go, going over. Um, you know, the Cubs, they're fighting only four games back in the loss column, if I'm not mistaken. The last I checked, I think they were four games back. Um, so they got to keep – you got to get it going here uh, with a win here. They can pull back within three. Um, but I love the over. The last five meetings, including last night, they've soared over. They're going over on average of – like posted to- closing total. Um, they're going aver- over on average of 4.4 runs uh, in that span. The Cincinnati's 30 and 24 to the over on the road. Chicago 30 and 20 to the over at home. You know, so that that helps us uh, in our favor, man. And Smiley, uh, I mean, 24, 24 earned runs in his last six games. He's allowed a home run in five of those, multi home runs in two of those. Um, he gave up five earned on seven hits in the previous start versus Cincinnati. So I think they'll be able to get to him. Williamson, I mean, he he's fine. I think he's he's okay. Four earned runs in his last start versus the Cubs, and you know, this was the Cubs team back when they weren't playing as well as they are now. So I love the over here. If I had to play a side, I'd lean to the Cubs. I think they can get it done at home. But my favorite play, probably my favorite play on the uh, on the board is the over in this game. Yeah, seven and two is the over and Drew Smiley's nine home starts at Wrigley Field uh in those games. And um you mentioned Brandon Williamson. He's been decent over his last five games. Uh two and one with a two point four five ERA. Uh, 10 walks in that span, only 19 strikeouts, so not a huge strikeout uh, pitcher. Um, had a pretty decent outing against the L.A. Dodgers in his last start, five and two-thirds, allowed two earned runs. Uh, did allow four walks in that game. Um, and like you mentioned, he did struggle earlier this season against the Chicago uh, Cubs. Four and a third, four earned runs, allowed three walks in that game as well. So it's like walks are an issue for Brandon Williamson um, thus far this season. So I agree about the over if it is at nine and a half. I mean, you you said everything about Drew Smiley. I'm not going to regurgitate everything. He did have a good start in his last start, but other than that, uh, he's prone to giving up those runs. So I think that both offenses can continue uh, putting up runs uh, in this game. Uh, I'm seeing the wind is going to be blowing towards left field as of right now, but um, nine and a half do love the over here, Scott. Yeah, I love the over two. Wind's blowing out, so that's definitely going to help things out. But I think my favorite play is either going to be Reds' money line or Reds' team total over. Yeah. For the sake of value, though, I'm going to go with the Reds' money line. Uh, just simply put, this line doesn't make any sense. I understand the argument is the Cubs are the home team, but I think Williamson is better than Smiley. I know that's a low bar, but Smiley's been terrible. They've been trying to use openers for him. He still stinks. And Williamson's been decent. Now, I'm not saying he's a great pitcher, but Munaf mentioned the last five starts, he's has a 2.45 ERA, and he's only given up one. Uh, he only has one game allowing a home run in his last, uh, what is that, uh, six. So five five out of six and no home runs allowed with mm-hmm. the wind blowing out. I mean, he's keeping the ball in the ballpark, and Smiley is really just handing out soft contact all season long. 
but you're going to give me a first place team, a better overall roster, and arguably a better starting pitcher at around plus one, like 20, 130. I don't understand this one at all. I'm taking Cincinnati. Like, I, can you explain this to me? Because I, I don't get it. Why are the Reds not minus 115, minus 120 in this game? Yeah, I don't get it either. Yeah, um, that's why I'm staying away. That line is probably <laughs> going to quickly move. So if you're watching uh, in the – or you're with us on YouTube Live right now and watching us and talking about this, you probably want to get uh, to this line before I think it does shift uh, maybe closer to a pick em by game time or maybe it probably like what, plus 110, plus 105 by the time – we get to the trade. Uh, sorry, to uh, the, this game on Wednesday. Um, By the way, a, uh, yeah, one thing with the wind blowing out, I want to mention that Smiley is the opposite of Williamson. He's allowed at least one home run and four straight starts. Yeah. Um, Lonta, you already gave the handicap, right? You got the lead off. Yep. Yep. Uh, I had the lead. Yep. Okay. Uh, next game, then we have three games left. Let's go over to a 8 10 Eastern start. The New York Mets, they are in Kansas City to take on the Royals. Kodai Senga gets a start here for the New York Mets, and Alec Marsh is going to start here for the uh, Kansas City Royals. Looking at the lines for this game, I'm currently seeing that the Mets are a minus 205 road favorite here, plus 170 on the money line for the Kansas City Royals. Total set at 9.5, run line minus 1.5, minus 130 for the New York Mets, and plus 1.5, plus 110 for the Kansas City Royals here, Alante. Yeah, I wouldn't look anywhere but the the Mets on the run line. If you if you want to, you know, if you don't want to lay the, the minus two hundred, uh, I much rather have their team total to go over. Um, I mean, you can't look anywhere but but to them. Uh, not with Kansas City, especially with Marshall on the mound. Eighteen earned runs in his last five starts, four plus earned runs in three of those in three of his last five. Nine home runs um, in a four game span. He also has some walk issues. He had three plus in uh, three of his last five starts. So. Not in good form here. Uh, Senga lights out in July, five earned runs in, in his four starts, shut down the Dodgers and um, Boston, two really good offenses, something that Kansas City doesn't have. Plain and simple, I probably think the best bet in the um, in this game is going to be the Mets team total to go over. Yeah, five uh, starts this season by Alec Marsh for the Kansas City Royals. Uh, the Royals are 0-5 in all of those starts, and they have lost four of those five starts by at least two earned runs. Uh I know uh, Kodai Senga, at least earlier in the season, was struggling on the road. Um, his last start was in Fenway Park. Didn't last very long, three and one-third inning. He allowed two earned runs, uh, three hits in that game. Uh, but the the Mets were able to put up five runs in that game against the Red Sox, and they did get the victory. The Mets have actually won throughout his last four starts um, when uh, Kodai Senga is on the mound. He also had a really good outing against the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, back on July 5th, where he went eight innings, allowed four hits, had 12 strikeouts in that game against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And he's coming off a really good start um, as well against the Washington Nationals. Uh, six innings, allowed one earned run. Four of his last five starts, uh, Senga hasn't allowed more than two earned runs. And then um, in three of his last four starts, he's allowed exactly one earned run in three of those starts. So he looks like he's in really good form right now for the uh, Mets, and I agree about to go with the run line here or probably look at the Mets team total to go over here in this game here, Scott. Yeah, I'm on the same page. I'm not going to make a case for the Royals. I know that anytime you see the Mets with a minus two uh, for 200, that's not a good sign. But in this case, I think it's warranted. Marsh is not good. I, I tried to I tried to back him a couple starts ago against the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I was trying to take a strikeout because the Yankees had just finished striking out. I don't know how many times against the Angels in that road series, but... 
I was like, all right, Yankees are striking out all the time. Marshall find a way. And he struck out three guys. And he had two strikes on a lot of the batters. But he has no put-away pitches. If you just watch him perform, he can't really just blow it past hitters. He relies a lot on kind of nickeling and diming corners and trying to get his off-speed stuff past hitters. And his off-speed stuff isn't great. So I think when I'm looking at this matchup, I'm, I don't think Marsh is a Major League Baseball pitcher. I think he's a Triple A guy who's on a Major League roster for now yeah. who will probably be in the minors again next year. Sang is good. Like, simply put, you can roast the Mets all you want, which is fair, but Sang has been a bright spot for this team, and I think that he's a very solid pitcher. So I'm going to go with the Mets' run line. I know it's a minus price, which is not fun. I would take the first five instead run line, but I know that's going to be a bigger minus. But I think Marsh is going to struggle. I think Sang is going to pitch well, and that's good enough for me. I tried with Marsh. I really did, but mm-hmm. I, I just can't do it. I, I, I've seen too many wasted two-strike counts because he cannot cause any whiffs whatsoever because his stuff's just not great. I, 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 ju- I just think he's, a once again, a triple-A caliber pitcher. Breaking news. Keenan Middleton traded to the New York Yankees. So get out those. Uh, is that Milton Bradley's Yan- brother? Who the hell is that? Yeah, I don't know who that is either. <laughs> um, yeah, that just, I think the trade deadline's like, yeah, four Eastern. So all the trades are starting to come through here. We got uh, Jack Flaherty there. He's heading to the Baltimore Orioles. As uh, TV DBJ put that in the uh, chat here. So why is every team blowing it up besides the Yankees and besides <laughs> the Padres? Oh, no, it was Middleton. Sorry, I thought he said Milton. Uh, I was no Middleton. Uh, yeah, it was Middleton. So maybe he's Chris Middleton's brother. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. At yeah, first, I thought uh, his, his name started with a K. I was like Chris Middleton to the Yankees. Maybe that. I love helps. it when the Yankees can't hit and they trade for a reliever. That's good stuff. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, the Flaherty move. Good for the Orioles. Once again, we might do a recap of some of the trades tomorrow. So, yeah. Uh, Ooh, one, bam, to Arizona. I see Baltimore go for it. Tell that much. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we knew that Orioles probably or were going to end up being buyers after they, you know, took over the AL East uh, lead um, away from oh, the Oh, fam got traded. That sucks. I had him no hits tonight at plus 200. That's unfortunate. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's added to the Diamondbacks. Yeah, that sucks. And maybe uh, just yeah. got to wait a game. Uh, uh, well, uh, it, it was mostly just the two dollars because he's bad against Granky historically, and Fam should never be two dollars to not record a hit. That's insane. But unfortunately, <laughs> that play got voided, so it is what it is. Uh, last two games on the board. This is the fourth game that does not have a pitcher out of the fifteen games. That's going to be the Arizona Diamondbacks and the San Francisco Giants. Nine forty-five Eastern start. I am seeing Logan Webb is going to start here for the San Francisco Giants against the Diamondbacks, but. Uh, no official lines and no official pitcher that I see uh, for the Diamondbacks. Uh, Lonte, anything different? Yeah, no, nah, I see Webb, but um, nobody for the D-backs and no lines at all either. Okay, and then last game on the board, it's going to be the Oakland A's. They are um, in L.A. to take on the Dodgers, 10-10 Eastern start. I am seeing Hogan Harris is going to start here for the Oakland A's, and Tony Gonsolin is on the mound for the L.A. Dodgers. I uh, do not see lines uh, for this game, but let me check another site. That yeah, I didn't actually, see any either. Uh, I see me, pitchers, but just no lines. Uh, yeah, we, I mean, we can quickly go through the uh, pitchers and, and the numbers. I mean, it might not be a big conversation here with the Oakland A's and um, the Dodgers here, but let me quickly see if there's a, a book that had these lines up. Yeah, not, not nothing yet. Uh, here, I'll just kind of lead off if you guys have anything to add. So, I mean, Hogan Harris – has really just been fade material this season. Two and five with a 6.07 ERA. The Oakland A's in his last five starts, or sorry, in his last uh, five games, 
in appearances. Three of the five games he has started 0-4 with 7.71 ERA. On the road, his ERA is at 7.15. Um, his last start was against the Astros, where the Astros only scored two runs in six innings pitched by Hogan Harris. And then his prior two starts was against the Yankees, 10-4 to victory for the Yankees. And then the second start um, over the last five games against the Detroit Tigers, Nine nothing victory for the Tigers. He allowed seven earned runs and four and two thirds innings pitch. Allowed eight hits. Walks are a huge concern for him as well. Uh, but now you're going up against arguably one of the best offenses or better offenses, I should say, top five offense for sure in the LA Dodgers. Um, so it might be tough sledding here for the uh, Hogan Harris led Oakland A's. Tony Gonsolin, he's been pretty subpar this season but he lasts over the past two to three seasons when he's pitched for the dodgers it was automatic bet at home especially on the run line and that number has really regressed for him over the course of this season uh he's allowed at least four earned runs in four of his last five starts 18 earned runs in 25 and one-thirds innings pitched uh four and two at home this season with a 4.91 era so maybe the oakland a's can get some runs off of uh, tony gonsolin as well that's kind of kind of talking through it without a total here. I will lean towards the over. That number probably comes out at eight and a half, maybe possibly a nine, I would think. But um, I think Dodgers definitely get to Hogan Harris, and then maybe the A's are able to get to um, Tony Gonsolin for a few. Because like I mentioned, last five games, 6.39 ERA. It's a lot, at least four earned runs in four of his last five starts mm-hmm. uh, to the opposition. Uh, Lante, anything to add there? Uh, no, I'm, ag- I'm in complete agreement with you um, on the uh... – on the over, uh, depending on what the number is, obviously. But, uh, you know, the A's five plus runs in two of the last three games. I mean, it was Colorado, but, you know, if you're as bad as the A's, you got to take what you can get. So that's that's a win. I also would probably look at the A's first five. Not really a big constant guy. He ran over his numbers, won't, won't regurgitate those. Um, yeah, but I think both teams can score here. I think we see some runs off both pitchers. So I'm with you on the over as long as it comes out at a respectable number. Scott, anything that? Not really. I think the Dodgers are going to bury him this this uh, series, so I'm going to lean to the Dodgers. Probably, I mean, one and a half, I don't know how big of a minus it's going to be because they're at home. So it's going to be a minus, but it's always factored in because it might not bat in the ninth. I got nothing good to say about Hogan Harris. Uh, <laughs> I like his name, I guess. That counts for something. But, I mean, Gonsolin has not been great this year, but he's been fine, at least comparatively speaking. Dodgers had a pretty underwhelming series there against the Reds over the weekend. Now they get to take care of business against the Athletics, who are, once again, not a good team. They were fortunate to face off against the Rockies in Colorado, and they still got shut out by the Rockies on Sunday, which I don't know how that happens. But I do think you're looking at the Dodgers to get back on track here. They'll win comfortably. It's also a good opportunity to potentially extend their division lead. I know the Dodgers are around minus 800 to win Mm -hmm. the division right now. But they're only two and a half up. They're priced like they're seven games up right now, and they're not. They could use some extra breathing room, and I think that this is a good series to do it. I'll take the Dodgers to win this entire series comfortably. All right, so that is the last game on the board. 15 games on the schedule for Wednesday. And again, four games we didn't have pitchers for. That was the Astros game, the Cardinals game, the Rangers game, and then the uh, Diamondbacks and the Giants game. Uh, No pitchers there, but... Uh, last order of business before we wrap up this episode, gentlemen, that is going to be our lock and dog, uh, for the Wednesday games. Uh, Scott, you want to lead us off? Uh, sure. Uh, so for my lock on the show, 
I'm trying to think of which play that I want to go with. I know what my dog's going to be, but I got to just see. I know what your dog is going to be, too. (laughs) I mean, I can go. The the one day I'm ready for my lock and dog. All right, Lante, why don't you go to something? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so, look, I'm going over in uh, Chicago, Cincinnati, nine and a half. I'm going over that. Uh, I mentioned both teams having success against the opposing pitchers. Um, just in case you you just skip fast forward to the uh, to the best bet section, we got 24 earned runs in the last six games for Smiley. Uh, he gave up five earned on seven hits in the previous start versus Cincinnati. Um, Williamson four earned in his last start versus Chicago. I think both teams are going to have similar success here. Uh, Chicago 30 and 20 to the over. Cincinnati 30 and 24 on the road to the over. Uh, so I think we see some runs here. So give me the over nine and a half. Uh, all five games have went over in this matchup by 4.4 runs, um, like an average of 4.4 runs in each game. So I think the over hits again here um, for my lock. Uh, for the dog, I'm going to go to Boston. I'm going to go. I think they are going to turn it around here. Um, Seattle, I'm not really a big fan of. I know they've been playing really good baseball uh, as of late, but Crawford's been really good on the road uh, to earn runs or less than 10 of his last 11 road starts. Three earned runs combined um, in his last three road starts. So he's been in good form. I think the bats are always going to be there for Boston. So give me Boston plus 113, plus 114-ish. Um, anything above, above plus 105 I think is a good bit. All right. Uh, Scott, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Uh, so for the lock, I'm going to go back to the first game we actually talked about. I'm going to go with the Angels team total over. I'm assuming it's going to be at four and a half. Uh, lines at ten and a half, and the Braves are around minus 160. So it should be roughly five and a half, four and a half, if I had to guess. I don't think Trinos is that good, and he has not exactly been that experienced with the Braves ballpark. He was not good in his first start with them. And the Angels offensively have actually been decent lately. So I do think that once again, uh, they're all, they're the road team getting nine at-bats, it is a day game. And to go through the actual weather report uh, in Atlanta, it's going to be pretty neutral. So it's not really going to matter that much. But I think when you're looking at this picture, I'm not sold on. And the Angels offensively have been in good form lately. I'll go with the Angels team total over as my lock at four and a half. And for my dog, give me the Reds. I'm um, just simply put going to fade Smiley. I can't believe Smiley's laying 140 and change against for a first-place team in baseball smiley's bad like i i don't know what more you want me to say he just has not been good for the last couple of months and you're looking at williamson does he raise in the mid twos uh for the last month so he's been better and the cubs they went on a good run to avoid trading away bellinger and some other guys in hindsight it's going to be a really dumb move because the, i still don't think this team's making the playoffs so i think they're just wasting their time but for the sake of this the reds are a good baseball team the Cubs are a mediocre baseball team that have been on a bit of a hot streak. I'll take the better team at like plus 130. I think that's an insane price. Uh, give me the Reds. All right. Uh, for my lock, I'll go with the Milwaukee Brewers minus 125 on the money line. With that was Wade. my runner up. Yeah, Wade Miley and. Um, on the mound for the Brewers against McKenzie Gore and the Nationals. Just simply put, uh, Nationals just haven't been very good at homes thus far this season. Uh, or over overall, they haven't been very good. But whatever, for whatever reason, they haven't been very good at home either. But Miley's in great form right now. Like we mentioned, uh, McKenzie Gore has been struggling over his last five starts as well. Uh, and the Brewers have been doing pretty well against left-handed pitching, uh, at least over the last two weeks when I talked about their uh, offensive numbers against left-handed pitching over the last two weeks. So, and again, they're one and a half games behind for that division lead. So, again, going up against one of the lesser teams of the National League, you want to pile up these wins um, as many as you can and at a minus 125 price with the Brewers. I'll take them on the money line. For my dog, um, 
You know what? Well, let's roll some dice here. Uh, give me the Colorado Rockies, man. Uh, plus one. Let's go. Enough. Let's go. Uh, look, I know Kyle Freeland hasn't been the greatest uh, or hasn't having the greatest season uh, for the uh, Rockies this season, but the Padres are just in a downward spiral. I mean, they have been over the past several, I don't know, weeks, maybe even the last month. Um, I know Scott talked about what transpired in game one of this series between the Padres and the Rockies. And I, I think that's kind, of, and that's just kind of been a microcosm of their season of what's been going on in San Diego. But I know Joe Musgrove has been in really good form. Uh, but Kyle Freeland, for whatever reason, has had two great starts against his Padres team. And, you know, we mentioned the stat about the Padres being north of a minus 160 or minus 180 favorite. And they've lost, I think, seven, eight straight games. If you want to include the Monday night game, it should be around eight or nine straight games that they've lost as that big of a favorite. If you don't want to take the money line, if you want to take the run line for the Rockies, that's even at plus 125 right now, plus one and a half. So you can start the game with a one nothing lead uh, with the Rockies and, and see what goes. But I'll roll the dice here on a Wednesday afternoon. Give me the Rockies plus 180 on the money line uh, against the San Diego Padres. All right, gentlemen, that is going to do it for this edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast. Uh, Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? Not really. Uh, trade that one's passing, and the Yankees traded for one reliever. So uh, it's not a fun time to be a Yankees fan. Is what it is, though. Once again, minus 320 to miss the playoffs. Throw it into whatever parlay you want, because it should be minus $8. So if you want to throw that into some football parlays, a little boost there, I don't mind it. But I know we gave out the Yankees to miss the playoffs right around the All-Star break at like plus 120 or something. So yeah. it's probably going to cash. We'll see what happens, but... Yeah, trade deadline is always fun. We might do two episodes tomorrow, so keep an eye out for it. Yeah, I know the trades. Some of the trades are still rolling in um, uh, for some of these teams, so we'll maybe do a bonus episode and kind of highlight some of the big moves that were made and how the odds have shifted for at least the contenders. I know the Astros and Verlander and Jack Flaherty to the O's. And, and did you like that move, by the way? I know getting yeah. Verlander back is fun, but you did give up a couple of big prospects for a guy with uh, that's up there in years. So the tipping point for me, which I was a okay with for the Astros, is that the Mets are sending fifty-four million dollars. That's what I assumed would happen. Okay. Yeah, to the Astros for that uh, total of ninety-three million. If that vested yeah. option is picked up, um, they, and they I know did that with Scherzer to Texas, they traded, they gave away a lot of the money for. Yeah, so I know they gave up the number one, number four overall uh, prospects to the Astros, but. Um, I think we all kind of knew, like baseball fans, do that Verlander and Scherzer were going to be on the move, and I think Verlander coming back to the Astros uh, just made a lot of sense because we talked about uh, you and I, Scott, talked about it that the pitching rotation for the Astros hasn't been the most healthy, and they needed a frontline starter. And you bring back a familiar face that has won, you know, multiple World Series titles with you, and um, he, 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 I mean, he already knows what's going on with his Astros organization, so he'll be the day one ace. Or coming back and being that number one ace for this uh, Astros team, especially when uh, I know you guys talk about Framber Valdez struggling as well. So uh, that kind of gives him some protection as well in the pitching rotation. So, that was another bet I wanted to mention, by the way. I found the Astros to win the AL at plus 375. I'll take yeah. that. Yeah. I was I, waiting for one more starting pitcher. That's all I needed. Yeah. Another guy. I, like, I knew they were going to make a move. Like they do it every single year, like yeah. when they're in contention. Uh, it was just going to be a matter of who. So I picked up some 10 to 1 tickets for them to win the uh, World Series. So. Hopefully they can go back to back. We'll see. But yeah, we'll we'll get more in depth 
Uh, maybe do something early tomorrow. Uh, we'll figure it out, but uh, we'll, we'll tweet it out and put it in the Discord as well. Um, but yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter at MLBSGPN. Make sure to subscribe to the uh, MLB Gambling Podcast YouTube channel. And again, make sure to follow Scott on Twitter at Show Radio. And you can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. We'll be back tomorrow. Same time for the Thursday games. And again, look out for that bonus episode to recap some of the picks or sorry, the trades uh, that did transpire at the trade deadline for the uh, MLB. Good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride.